I asked you, BJ, repeatedly about, again, the parameters like, BJ, it is this much food, right? And you said, yes, Spencer, it's this much food. So I, I went, yes, this, I'll send you an extra not, entree. This was not the complaint that, that I voiced. I was merely stating that for certain restaurants, a $75 limit can provide either an uncomfortable evening or a lot of food waste, which I just want to... Uh, as a group, understand and accept rather than, you know, just continue blindly. Okay, I have a two and a half by four aluminum foil tray of meat. It is meat stacked on French fries with potato garnish. It is a massive fucking tray of meat. It's going to take us days to eat down that. That's okay, a good point, so, Spencer. On the day he sent you that, he was bitching that you sent him too much food. I, Unbelievable. I was not. Because you, yeah, you got an extra burrito sushi thingamabob. Look, 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 guys. He's not complaining about that. He's just trying to open it up for discussion. He wants to discuss whether it is possible that he has finally gotten a little bit of his just desserts of all the crap that he's thrown at you, Spencer. Um, Spencer... <laughs> He, he did call it explicitly that, that he bought you like uh, a month's worth of, worth of sandwiches. And he goes, I understand I did that. But like, I think maybe we should, we should take, a, take this seriously now. And just no. so you're aware, Spencer, I was having none of it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> having none of it. Just, just to confirm, you got like five wraps and like a tray of appetizers. Was it the fifth wrap that just pushed it over into something that was entirely unreasonable for you? Something that your refrigerator apparently can't emotionally recover so, from? So... There, there are two aspects to this. One is um, the the look of disappointment that I get across the table when uh, yet another burrito is unwrapped. Um, and the second is, um, I mean, the concern is that at some point there would be a lot of raw fish or whatever that just wouldn't survive. And I'm less comfortable throwing things out or I am similarly uncomfortable throwing things out uh, compared to you, Spencer. Less so, uh, I believe, to Terry. I don't know where Levi sits on this uh, precipice, but... Um, In acceptance of that, only one of them was raw fish. Right. And... and I, I did, you know, nod to that, and then I do have leftovers in my fridge that will probably be lunch and were were a consideration for breakfast. I'm just going to throw this one out here. Uh, it sounds like you've done a terrible job of trying to express who you you are as a person uh, to your partner. Um, it sounds like she doesn't understand the the inner demons that you have about eating too much food, and you're blaming us for that, which is really weird. Um, <laughs> He's trying to open it up in the abstract, even though he's really specifically talking about what happened to him last night. But he, he but he was trying to keep pulling it out. To, well, let's just well, talk well it, it actually isn't. Last, I think it, it was more. Uh, it might have been a little bit more the chicken sandwiches followed by by the burritos. It, it's more of a a continuing thing as opposed to a specific instance. I, I enjoy as well that he's focusing on brie here as if that is some novel and unique situation given the prior food escapades that he's engaged in, as if I haven't caught on holy <laughs> shit from Bridget this entire fucking time. As I get stares, as I get glances, as I get packages that are no longer even put in the area where she disassembles or even put in the kitchen. She started like setting them in our bedroom on my pillow. It's just like, this is you Uniquely your shit now. You open this, you find out what it is, you dispose of it. I am divorcing myself from this aspect of our lives. No way, BJ. You can't. Mm -mm. BJ has done, has done a six to nine month terrorism campaign against <laughs> against the Spencer household. Um, and, and and now he wants to, wants to parlay. He, he's like, I I had two 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 fish burritos last night. It, it, my tummy it was, was a little, little upset. We should have a conversation about this, guys. This could get out of control, you know. <laughs> 
my home and my culinary expertise, but thoroughly, thoroughly salted. We're talking like Roman level. Let's just end this as the means of having any alternatives oh, but BJ's funny. supply of food. And now you're suggesting that the fact that I offered a slight garnish to your culinary day has just <laughs> That's permanently right. disrupted you. I'm just saying that, that, you know, we have to worry about the debt ceiling now. You know, the, the national debt's getting a little out of hand. And it's not even like I decided to, you know, do some particular prank and deliver you just every single available form of chicken sandwich, the same way that was done last week, or even delivered food to you that was in any way non-edible. Upon you introducing this to the group that I did this, the first comment from Lee was, oh, it's that restaurant, good place. Yeah, it it, it was good. lovely. It was really tasty. Are you suggesting you enjoyed happy. it now at this point? <laughs> <laughs> Let me understand where we're going with this. I have no complaints. We need more Spencer who just woke up because he he, 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 he cannot handle this shit. 30 minutes late. I just literally rolled out of bed. I didn't even brush my hair with this crowd. And suddenly I'm being told that food you enjoyed from a good restaurant (laughs) that was likable, that ultimately only has one burrito that has any degree of time commitment associated with it, is in no way is in that way needing to be the subject of a group discussion about our further endeavors. Yes, that this is exactly what, I'm what I hearing. said. Um, we, are, we are scheduling a meeting. Um, it's going to take an hour. Um, we probably can cover it all in 15 minutes, but it's going to be fine. I want, if we could just pan over. No, let's not even. I'm talking to you right now. We're not losing camera focus. The socks are there. The tray the sandwiches we're on is there. Yeah. Wait, wait, which stocks wait, wait, am I mean? catching catching uh, catching grief for? The one you made me go to a mall to actually pick up. <laughs> there weren't that many. But you made me go to a mall, BJ. You made me travel, <laughs> I think it was 50 minutes away from my office. So I get an extra 30 minutes with my work to pick up fucking socks. Because they wouldn't stop emailing me that your socks are on reserve. You're causing us inconvenience. <laughs> Then there's the tray of just sandwiches that just dominated so many weeks. My dog, my dog that eats his own shit was looking at me like, do I really need to eat another one of these? Followed up, and there's the box of like 35 stopwatches that you got me. (laughs) And the tray of meat he gave you last night. That that tray is sitting in the fridge in a way that I had to move things around and throw other things out to accommodate, yes. (laughs) And you are now suggesting that in some way I've crossed a line? Me, who has just soldiered through all these with just British upper lips, you know, stability, have now in some way damaged the fabric, apparently, that you operate under. Bridget gave him a little bit of a look when he unwrapped another burrito. Like, he had two burritos, and she was like, should you really... Um, and and he felt bad about that. Well, Spencer. no, he didn't so, like the look he got. Guys. It, it's Come much on. more a uh, she's being these, roped right? into these and tasting things, and 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 again, this the the premise of this was not. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm actually going to need really you to start back at brass tacks here because I think I've lost what the premise of this was. Could you explain it to me again so that my outrage can some way function through it? Okay. Let me uh, let me summarize this for BJ because I don't I, want. Him. I would appreciate it. He needs a counselor on this. <laughs> he 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 is basically basically uh, channeling this the, the 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 infamous phrase from the Soviets, and you're lynching Negroes as saying, "Leave you know, leave me alone." Like He's, like le- stop stop criticizing me. You also do bad things. You sent me three burritos, and 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 my tummy thought a little bloated. So and you're. 
even though they weren't raw fish, all of them, in theory, they could have been. They could have been. Yes, yes, yes. I needed to have the conversation about it. I've also got the res- <laughs> I've also got the receipt pulled up here. BJ, I only actually ordered you three burritos and then two completely other dishes and then like a, a little cucumber salad. So even saying that it was just this massive tray of nothing but burritos didn't seem a fully accurate description of what was. I did not do that. We, we were playing revisionist history, Spencer, but that's okay. <laughs> From point one, you've been describing each of this as being when we opened another burrito, as if there was just this some towering monstrosity of nothing but burritos that arrived in a silver tray at your door, where even the guy delivering them felt regret that he was in any way involved in this particular excursion. Uh, it was a lovely I young just want lady. to revise. I just, you know. Getting hammered this morning, BJ. I just want to suggest fine. that even the, you know, framing narrative you've offered, even the image you want to paint either our minds and the minds of our listeners has a certain tenor of inaccuracy, perhaps for the purpose of, you know, mischaracterizing what my actual intent or involvement is in what was your last night culinary experience. Well, so honestly, Spencer, this is a little bit less about what what I experienced and a little bit more about what you experienced uh, because had there been a slightly different limit, I probably would have chosen different things. But knowing that you were getting me a certain dollar value of food, I felt like I should reciprocate. And so this would be more a limit in general rather than a limit in specific. But I can definitely tune it back for you. And you're getting no votes all over the place. Oh, I I understand I'm getting no votes. (laughs) Speaking of, just ask, did you instruct them actually to hide what was the bulk of the monstrosity I received last night under napkins as if it was, you know, hidden like an archaeological dig for me to find? I had absolutely no idea what was going to happen. I'm just very happy that it was was presented on banana leaves because that is a a lovely way to present things. And... I, I, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm going, I'm gonna clarify up front what I'm saying here. What you sent me was actually remarkably tasty, and I'm curious where you ordered it from. It However, <laughs> what was actually, re- what was received, the way that this tasty thing was conveyed to me was as of a few odd tray, of a few odd boxes of unidentifiable things. It appeared to be pastries, sauces, and what looked like all there was, because that's all I could see situated above the napkins and silverware that was lining the end of this bag. Because I in no way thought that the bottom of this bag was in some way going to be full with a four by two and a half tray of stratas of meat, as if I was exploring, again, archaeological layers of how meat can be conveyed to a person, until confused that I apparently had received two and a half boxes of seemingly nothing, I picked up the bag again and realized, oh, right, this thing still weighs 15 pounds. What is in this? <laughs> what Rushed is that food that you got at BJ? What is it? What, yeah, please what? explain. Um... Get, so I'm, I'm get. I mean, it, there was a, there was the tres leches in there, so I'm guessing it's somewhat Hispanicy. But it is. beyond that, rather than like uh, this being national, you know, national treasure book of secrets or you know one of their sequels, this is national treasure dinner. Um, you've got false <laughs> bottoms on on your delivery bag. <laughs> yep. Uh, are you sure it was napkins and not the uh, Declaration of Independence? Because at this point, <laughs> I even liked it when I finally opened said tray. There was just nothing but meat visible. But when I then dug down for the first and second layer of meat, on the bottom layer was a layer of about two and a half inches thick of French fries. I like to consider myself a guy who knows a lot about food. And I was like Zabruder film in that that picture you sent, Spencer. I could not figure out what the hell that was. Like <laughs> there appeared to be whole potatoes on top of it. <laughs> yep. And like pita or tortillas or some bread. There there was pita, which completely threw off my understanding of what this was. I had no idea what the hell that was. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I don't know about the uh, specific 
uh, accoutrement it was, but um, I, I found a uh, Colombian place. Mm-hmm. Um, it is Colombian Mountains Cafe. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the meat exploration um, was the, uh, and, and I feel like you, you need to uh, appreciate their, their terminology a little mm-hmm. bit because this was the picada pequeña. When, when, <laughs> when serving a crowd of 10. I found it. Okay. Here's the, um, check out the menu here. So, so then there was a uh, mochila con arepa pequeña, a small corn cake with black sausage, um, and the pastel de guayaba y queso, guava and cheese pastel, um, mm-hmm. a tres leches sponge cake, and a uh, mountains lemonade, limonada de montana, mm-hmm. that has Ooh. like their special something. I don't know. Uh, the tray itself was chicken beef pork fat back um french fries potatoes uh two different kinds of sausage it was a truly carnivorous adventure um, I, I gotta say the delivery guy was legitimately confused when he apparently pulled up to a house that didn't have like 10 cars out front when he came to the door and i opened the door and it was just me and bridget there he actually looked past us for a second to see if there were more people present <laughs> T- turned cocked his head and said bj I, I, yep, that that that's me. Uh, handed handed me the first bag, which had just you know a few odds and ends, and then I reached over with one hand to grab the second bag. He said, "No, so I mean, bag will break. Two hands." <laughs> um, it was. I think BJ started this because he was trying to co-op something. I was saying I wasn't giving feedback on Levi got me Ethiopian food and he got me a lot of it, and I was like, "Man, Levi got me a lot." And I think BJ was trying to be like, "Yeah, yeah, like is it like maybe like pile on with that? Like maybe I didn't like that I got a lot." No, let's let's be clear about this. Ethiopian food keeps extremely well. Yeah, I'm very uh, happy with with so, my, so Spencer. With I just want to amounts. mention that there was another option that looked really interesting, but I thought I didn't know if it would deliver well. Um, they had like an appetizer mixed plate, uh, but I think that was a lot more fried food. There's definitely like fat, like a chunk of fat back that's fried, and and other fried meats. And I was like, well. You know, Spencer's already been complaining about his gout, so um, <laughs> I think that that, that might have been a little uh, bit. I, I assure you, Vijay, the tres leches provided a certain degree of, you know, nutrient that the meat did not. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, was, it was delicious. We're going to check that out again. We're just going to order maybe a fifth of what you sent next time around. Apparently, it's a very, if, if that was within the price range, it is a very reasonably priced place. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, so it was... That everything that I chose was under seventy five before you know shipping and handling and whatever they did. Um, it, one, one thing I liked in the message we sent around is that um, Lee, the, the picture you sent around was probably one of the prettiest displays we've yet had in, ter- in terms of our experiments into this program. Of where that was just yeah. such a beautiful <laughs> spread that was put together at the end. Yeah, yeah, it was um, gorgeous. I and, will say that it was actually just over sixty five before tax. Reasonably priced place. Yep. Yeah, that is, that is a good price yep. for all, you, all that you got, for sure. And Levi, I was so thoroughly amused that you far and away were the most legitimately happy in your texts in response to what you received of anyone we've gotten so far. Yeah. And, and it was entirely unexpected. I'm, not, I'm Again, I was I was not embellishing um, for, for any sort of effect. I'd like, you know, I saw that it was it was, it was southern adjacent. Um, I, I I can envision start to envision what what may be there, and as I start to take the things out of out of the bag, I see that they had collard greens, and I was like, oh, 
I didn't even know that I wanted that in my life, but I really want that in my life now that I know that it's a real possibility. Um, it, it, this is not something that I've been like, you know, thinking about for a while. I've not pondered this, you know, it, it ha- has it, you know, met the cut. Um, it's not a situation where it hasn't made the cut when we ordered takeout. I just didn't realize that I've been missing collard greens. Um, and I was, I was excited about it. I was glad it felt like it was a bit of a risk. You get some money, like a fried chicken dinner, like maybe, you know, some people can make, wow, that's maybe heavy or something or not what I was going for, but uh, I was glad, I was glad it, it hit the spot. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, obviously it was heavy, right? Like I, sure. I wasn't, I, I wasn't gonna like just like run a marathon afterwards. <laughs> um, but you know, it's a Saturday night, and it's, it's, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, it's like um, so. So Spencer, uh, reactions to to the different dishes. You know, I, I'm actually really curious about um, the guava and cheese, and also the the basically the the arepas and and pastry, um, because I mean, like the meats. I mean, I, I assume it's, you know, spice well and things like that, but it's it, not particularly it was, unique. Yeah, meat was all spice well. It's just individual preference, which ones I liked better, which ones I liked less when I did that. Um, you can do meat very wrong, but there's only so many categories of doing it right. You can really get above that. Um, as for the rest of it, the drink, uh, the, it, we, we honestly thought it was just some kind of juiced cilantro from what it looked like. Um, but uh, I did not like it at all, but Bridget adored it and housed it. So that, was, that worked out quite well. Uh, the pastry, we, uh, we honestly saved for today because we were so thoroughly full of meat. We didn't want to think about eating anything else. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but the dress leches was great. I mean, it was, it was, that, that was the one thing in there that was pre-packaged, but it's from a place we know, we know and like quite a bit. Yeah, interesting. Um, um, did you have the, the corn and sausage? Uh, the separate sausage that was in, within, within some tray? Um, uh, no, it's, it's an arepa with, uh, it's a corn cake. Oh, we, we did try that. We could not identify what it was. It was fine. It, it, it didn't have that much flavor on its own. Just added a, little, added a little bit extra sauce to it. Sauces were great. Um, yeah. Interesting. Uh, what were they? Ah, wow. Let's have Spencer identify tastes. Uh, one <laughs> was a, was a whitish green sauce. See where I'm starting color. Let's see what go from there. Um, that had <clears throat> Had a, had a light, almost creamy kind of taste to it, maybe a certain edge of cilantro in it as well, which we both enjoyed quite a bit. The other one was concentrated hotness and spice that for me was fine, but Bridget took one tiny taste of it and went, no, can't, can't do any more of that. But yeah, I, I, I quite liked it other than just, I now have a massive tray of food in my fridge that will probably be eaten over the course of the next three to four days. Sweet. Uh, well, BJ, we haven't heard much from you. Did you enjoy your meal? Um... I thoroughly did. Um, it was a lot of fun. Um, sushi burritos is something that I've sort of waffled back and forth on as to like how I'd feel about it, how it'd be presented. And so it's something that's sort of been on my radar for a while, but something I, I haven't done. So it was actually a lot of fun. I, I had assumed you hadn't done it. So I figured it'd be, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see w- whether you liked it or not. What you've just said is this is the perfect gift. This is something you would never buy for yourself, yeah. but you've always been been curious about. So Spencer, perfect. kudos. Yeah, right. shout out Spencer. Um, <laughs> I actually get that place for lunch probably like once every couple of months. Like if I'm in a food ordering, like right now I'm dieting, but like if I'm in a normal food ordering, I probably get that place once every month or two. Mm-hmm. I've, I've gotten sushiyaki a lot. I really like it. Now, from from your pictures, BJ, I'm curious. I I I know the three burritos, and it looked like the uh, kind of like bologi wonton appetizer was also there. Was there also mm-hmm. a separate order of what was referred to on the menu as southern sushi? Yes. Just making sure. So so it was uh, spicy tuna, southern sushi, 
uh, Omagashi and um, oh, yours included the receipt. How nice! <laughs> I'm actually just looking at their menu, um, okay. but I did take pictures. Uh, and then there was um, one more. Uh, you've got you've got anyway. Bridget so paranoid now that the fact there wasn't a receipt in the bag, she was convinced was some scheme on your part. <laughs> Interesting. That's really funny. No, I, it, it wasn't. But there was um, no, no receipt, so the, no menu, no card. She was like, BJ's hiding something. This is something, this is something <laughs> he's trying to pull over on us. Um, so it was interesting because uh, the, the Southern sushi was interesting um, and probably my least favorite because it was sort of like a uh, barbecue kind of deal. Um, yeah. And I guess I wanted them to kind of it, since it's a North Carolina place I kind of wanted them to go all in and it was just sort of a, a nondescript uh, barbecue sauce and some pulled pork and um, like it was good but but given where they are I, I just wanted to be a little different mm -hmm. um, so definitely not vinegar based uh, barbecue sauce yeah yeah definitely not um, it might have been Titan Tempur or Omagashi um, no it definitely wasn't chicken katsu um, I'd have good. to look at the pictures. There was one that was like a breaded, sh it, it, I think it was a tempura with, with shrimp that was really good. Like it, it held up Looks incredibly, good, yeah. the fried part held up incredibly well. The shrimp was like perfectly cooked. Um, and it all just really came together. So as a thing to eat, um, it doesn't have the portability of a burrito, which was one of the things that mm. I was like worried about happening with this. Like it's not a, it's not as much of a to-go food, but it was a lot of fun. Um, and so, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And, and Spencer, like, kudos. Like, it was a really great choice. Good, I'm glad. Because, again, I was not trying to pull a prank or anything. I, I, I was I'm like, not Let calling me send... about the prank. You know, I said I appreciate it. I told you I was excited. There was no sarcasm there. So I, was like, I was like, BJ, I sent you a text message that said, hey, I've got a nice restaurant. It's $75, right? And you said, yeah, it's $75. Like, okay, adding two things. There you go. Kushiaki is a, a very, very good, like, lunch place. I think they, I, I was I, I was even surprised that they were open for dinner. I didn't realize they were open for dinner. I, I thought they kind of specialized yeah. in lunch. Yeah, oddly enough, BJ, when I was looking at places for you that I thought you would like, I came across the three places I narrowed it down to were three separate lunch places, only one of which was open <laughs> in the evening. <laughs> It's like, let me find some, something novel I don't think we just tried before. Um, I mean, like for the future, you know, especially on Saturdays, like we could do lunch if, if that's limiting. Um, well, I got to open stuff up. I got Ethiopian food and I could eat Ethiopian food four days a week and be happy with it. Craft went into the box. Craft went into the boxing for years late. That, the, mm -hmm. the, un, the unboxing of yours just looked beautiful. Which is actually good because like that's how it's supposed to be served like you're supposed to have a bed of injera on the bottom and it, it rounded out with injera on the sides and then that's how you eat it and like it's kind of hard to recreate that and take out but they got pretty darn close mm -hmm. with how they've i mean it is still is the like three tray plastic thing but like they did put a bed of injera kind of cut all along the bottom so you get that like good soak soaked up injera bits on the bottom mm -hmm. and then the rolls around it um but i think it was mostly vegetarian food that we got which is great it's like a bunch of like, I always make the joke, like, I mean, people are like, well, Southern food has the best sides. It's just African food. Like, it's like braised collards and, you know, like mashed turnips and, you know, it's it's Ethiopian food, but it tastes a lot like Southern food. Really good stuff. I was happy. Nice. It seems like with some minor initial, you know, administrative complaints that we all quite enjoyed our meals. Uh, it was, yeah, it was a, 
thumbs up all the way around, it seems like. So Levi, so you got a fried chicken dinner and collard greens? So what it sounds like? You're on mute. <clears throat> More than that. Um, I mean, so we had full, full, full um, suite of sides with collard greens, mac and cheese, um, assorted uh, vegetables, you know, squash, uh, Brussels sprouts, that sort of thing. Um, we had uh, chicken wings, fried chicken, um, along with biscuits, cornbread, and then ribs, uh, dry rub ribs. Um, so it was a full, full medley of sort of generically Southern things, right? It's not, not known yeah. to, a, to a given place, um, mm-hmm. but it was, it was absolutely, absolutely hit the spot. Um, although I did, you mentioned it there, Terry, about, about sides. Um, I, I, when I was eating, I was thinking, you know what, man, like Southern sides, fuck. Like they, they, yeah. they, they do a good job. <laughs> like, um, that's what the loving is. And then I was thinking, yeah, some cuisines that just have shitty sides. Like I, I, again, this is unnuanced. So, so I'm, I'm willing to have BJ and Terry just jump in here and berate me, but like British food, what's a side with British food? Cup, a cup of tea, get out of here. Um, that's, that's ridiculous. Um, a lot of Northern European they have sides. They are really sad. Like you, you did like really hit the nail on the head. Yeah. hundred percent. Like right. Mush peas and, and like, but like boiled potatoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they could be beans. good, but it's, it's like really, even like the classic versions that everybody like talks about are kind of one note, kind of like. Right. Well, and also you think about British food, like the, the stuff that's really popular, uh, bangers and mash, shepherd's pie, um, stuff like it, it, it's a contained meal, right? It's not like a thing yeah. where you expect to get sides as well. I, I would also say that mash is a side, like bangers and mash. It's sausages and a yeah. side of, of mashed potatoes, basically. Or, but when you, know, you get that, there's not an expectation that you're then going to get, yeah, something else or something, you know, yeah. And, sure. and like Yorkshire pudding, like, yeah. sure, it's good, well, but like, uh, but yeah, like yeah, Levi, that, that is a good call. No, it's it's definitely interesting. There are relative levels of importance of sides. Like you, you guys have done like Korean or Korean barbecue, right? Where they mm-hmm. half the fun is that just massive tray of you know little side dishes they put out yeah, around your table. Bon That's the blast. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So I I, I posited this theory to, to Samantha. Uh, I was like, you know what? I I'm, I don't like food cultures that don't have like dope ass sides. Um, and then she she fired back with um, with Thai and Vietnamese, and I was like, well. I hear you. I hear you that, that most traditional places that, that we've gone to don't have a litany of sides, but he, here's my response. You'd have the same opinion. If you went to Americanized Chinese food restaurants, you'd say there's, there's no sides. They, they, they have no real appetizers that, 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 that really, really uh, to, to use the phrase they used before that really fuck. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you go to like a, a an actual authentic uh, Chinese restaurant, a litany of sides. You've you got two pages mm-hmm. of menu items of, yeah. of, of various appetizers you, you, you can pull on there that, 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 that are absolutely delicious. That's a good point. Hmm. Yeah. So, so I would say like small dishes. So usually appetizers, sometimes sides. I, I think it, like, I don't know where the breakdown that I would have is, like what makes something an appetizer and what makes something a side. Because like I would 100% say that like collard greens, mac and cheese, those are sides, not appetizers. Yeah, because they're, they're meant to be eaten with the meal. Yeah, but I would say like, yeah. I mean, I think uh, that's the distinction, right? It seems yeah, sounds simple, sure. but that is. I mean, it, it, when is when are you like? How is it supposed to be consumed? It's supposed to be consumed with a with an entree. Yeah. Um, during the main meal. Right, and what Levi's talking about is there's some of that is 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 app like purely appetizers. I mean, the same right. idea, but you're supposed to eat it before the meal. Uh, 
Yeah. But yeah, I, southern sides are are the shit. But that's the that's the thing is that when you when you have African food, you realize that a lot of that like a, a lot of the cooking methods were taken from from African cuisine, like the slow yeah. braise mm-hmm. with like um of of a of a vegetable with some like flavoring meat like that shit was taken straight from african cuisine who's that virginia chef that uh was on mind of a chef and like went to africa like to explore the roots um like i went to uh senegal and had the senegalese like national dish called sebajin and it's uh, like it's 100 percent dirty rice yeah like we didn't make dirty rice up they made dirty no. rice up yeah sean brock <laughs> like really talks about like the origin of Southern food and like why it's really similar to, you know, and different parts of the South have slightly different bents on it, depending on, you know, what part of Africa the, the slaves were from and like what they were cooking. And, and it's, it, I don't know. It was, I think it was really interesting, but yet like, yeah, it does really shine through. Uh, I mean, Guinea is poor as shit, but even when you go to their markets, they have like grilled meats that they are basing with something that's vinegar based. And yeah. <laughs> like a barbecue. These guys make a barbecue. Well, it really proves the point, right? Is is this sort of like uh reconstructionist lie about the, the 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 how important white culture is to like what southern identity is? Bullshit. Like it that is absolute absolute nonsense. Um like the British brought Isles. Africans over and said, cook me something. Yeah. And yeah. and and they, they cooked me something and you know, those the stodgy British Isles folks were like uh, this is absolutely better. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to complain. I wanted some some mush peas, and, but I, keep keep this up, please. Well, they didn't say please, please but those turnips, yeah. do it again. Yeah, they didn't say please, just keep doing it. Yeah, uh, but the barbecue, the, the sides, even some of the bread items like cornbread, you can trace it all back to Africa. Yeah. Um, so one of the sides that you mentioned is for whatever reason, like one of the things that I will almost always get when at a Southern place um, and I get a lot of shit from it for, from Brie, uh, which is mac and cheese. And like, it, it's almost like side mac and cheese at a Southern place is com- like a completely different beast than, than bistro mac and cheese, which I don't like, and I never get. And I was sort of wondering like what the rest of you, I mean, like, I, I'm pretty sure I know where, where Levi, you fall on this, given your, your appreciation for, for the size that you had yesterday. Um, but I was sort of wondering what your thoughts are and like, if those two things like hold really different places in, in food that you enjoy. Uh, I think I understand the distinction you're trying to make. You're trying to talk about the sort of like overly plasticky bistro mac and cheese that has like a lot of Velveeta as opposed to a little bit more, more subtle cheesing, um, on the sort of Uh, traditional mac and cheese or like, I I meant like there's yellow mac and cheese That sure. that like was from a tray and is very clearly southern. And then there's the like you know four cheese and Gruyere with uh, you know some you know bacon and and chives and you know whatever. It, it's going to be like a twelve to eighteen dollar thing at like uh, some place that probably has bistro in it or something like that. Okay, um, I okay I get the distinction you're making from my perspective whatever different uses man like they're that they're, they're 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 kissing cousins but they're different things yeah um, i mean but but, and, but i guess what i'm saying is like i wouldn't i don't order mac and cheese like that but i will almost always order mac and cheese as a side yeah so like the the traditional trade mac and cheese i mean that to me is it, it's meant to be mixed with other things 
in which case it, it's fantastic, right? If you just like ate a bunch of that, like overly yellow mac and cheese, like you're, you're an insane person or, or seven. Um, and the other one is meant to be like, oh, I, I might just get a, might just get two, two sides of this mac and cheese and have that. And it's like, right. oh, okay, fair enough. It's the difference of would you like would you like mac and cheese on your plate or would you like a separate plate of mac and cheese? There you go. That's cleaner oh, no, distinction. I, when I grew up, um, mac and cheese in my household was considered a main. I don't know if that's a carryover from like poor Southern homes or or what, but I mean there were definitely I always, times. I always thought it was a main dish until I got to like college. There were definitely times that like I had it as a main dish, and that's like what my mom would make as a main dish. Um, and like, you know, I enjoyed it growing up, but I guess the, like as a side to barbecue kind of deal, I just like appreciate it so much more. And I don't, I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I love it though. That might be a Southern dish though. Mac and cheese. Cause I, I don't think, and I don't know if you can trace that one back to Africa. Um, I would guess that cheese is a very yeah. European thing. Yeah. There um, was a, a lot and- of cheese. Although the Ethiopians, they're they're one of the one of the folks that had in, independent um, evolutions of the ability to to eat cheese into adulthood, right? Um, because that 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 gene or, or set of genes, I think, evolved multiple times in multiple peoples. There's yeah. like a Northern European cluster that I think there's the Ethiopian cluster, and I think there's like a South American um, in that area cluster yeah. of yeah, you, of things. I, yeah. I don't know if this is related or not, but I do know that Ethiopia. Um, the Italians tried to take it over like three times and failed each time. And, but in the process introduced Italian food. And so what it's weird, you'll go to like a traditional Ethiopian restaurant and like a, just a normal restaurant and they'll have like what you would consider Ethiopian food. And then they'll have this little section on the menu. That's like spaghetti with yep. like mozzarella. Cheese. I've seen that a lot. Like, I did. Like, and you can always really get like some super generic pasta italian-esque like dish at, at all these restaurants it was very strange but it's just that the influence um, i wonder if the, it's cultures that had animals that you could really milk and so that became part of the diet um and and so that's where it sort of evolved independently but um but yeah, yeah, I mean, there's, yeah there's definitely that overlay right but you guys ever yeah go to- you guys ever go to Ethiopia, if you want, you're in a bar or something, you want to get everybody to like you, just say, fuck the Italians, and then they'll all cheer with you. They all fucking <laughs> I think you're the only person of the group that would talk to other people uh, <laughs> like the in Italians. a bar. Fuck but yeah, no, that, that is really funny. Um, one of my favorite things about a lot of Korean barbecue places and Korean and other Asian places in general is their like newfound obsession with corn and or cheese and in yeah. Korean barbecue places there'll be this like yeah. cheesy corn thing that a hundred percent doesn't go with anything and isn't it great they just they'll just t- or like potatoes they'll just put a shit ton of cheese on potatoes and serve it to you like scalding hot yeah um, <laughs> that's like your side it's bizarre I love the the corn and cheese though so much because like every white person that I've ever seen it's just like, why is this a thing? Like, I don't get it. This is basically Velveeta and canned corn. Um, and it's really funny uh, just to see that, just like, I don't know what's going on here. Um, but also when I was in Japan and we went to a curry place, like one of the sides that you could get was corn. And it literally looked like they would just take a can of corn and like strain it and then dump it on a like in a bowl for you and present it. And it was like 
I don't know, two, three, four bucks, something like well, that. Well, they're not growing corn, thing. right, in Japan. Right, yeah, so yeah. yeah. It's, it's just an be. import that they get. And so, so it well, my makes... Thing is, my thing is the fact that they're not growing it, I think even the canned corn is a bit novel. Right. And it, it would seem cheap over here. It probably doesn't right. quite seem cheap to them. It makes perfect sense that other places have uh, like food obsessions, but it's kind of weird to go over there and be like, why did you do it this way? I'm sure there are like some Chinese people that, that are from like mainland China that came over and just like beef and broccoli is insane. Like, what are you people doing? Yeah, sure. Yeah. They look at your own sauce chicken and say, this is, <laughs> this is comical, but like whatever candy. Yeah. Uh, having spent the last few minutes researching the history of macaroni and cheese, uh, decidedly European. And in terms of introduction to American cuisine, we've got Thomas Jefferson to thank for that. Oh, what? shout out, shout out Thomas Jefferson. Is that Good confirmed word. or is that just like we, we throw some, some, some names that we all, all, all uh, recognize. It's like either Ben Franklin, Tom, Thomas Jefferson, or. I'm ready to say, just accept that it was Thomas Jefferson. Uh, apparently the big encounter for him was the idea of macaroni when he was in Paris. Uh, and he took detailed notes, including individual drawings of the pasta because he was so fascinated by it and started importing both it and cheese and even a machine to make the pasta with back to Monticello. And was it best, best I can tell the first president to actually serve a pie called macaroni with cheese at a uh, state dinner when he was president. So Thomas Jefferson did that for a lot of a lot of foods that he liked when he was traveling in France. Like if you go to Monticello, you can buy his handwritten like copies of his handwritten cookbook that he wrote uh, wrote out when he was in France. So like that, him writing the, like drawing the macaroni shape and doing the dimensions and doing the ingredients. And he did that with probably like 200 food items and, and he brought back over. And like the people who worked for him, all I could think about when I saw that is people who worked for him who had to be just out of their mind because he was just like, hey, look, here you go. Macaroni, make it. It's like, fuck, dude. A vague <laughs> sketch on a page. Um, yeah. Levi, do you, how do you feel about the uh, old spelling of macaroni? I feel like of the group, you'd just be like, I don't like this. This is silliness. I mean, all spelling is silliness. Um, I didn't sure. know there was a different spelling. It's like M-A-C-C-H. Uh, Let me look this up because I, I have a vague memory. So macaroni. Someone's got to M-A-C-C-A-R-O-N-I. Is that it? That's just an extra C, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's all I'm seeing. Oh, uh, let me. Got a... Do you mean the Italian spelling? Sure, but M A C C H E R O N I. Yeah, that one. Uh, but that's Italian. Yeah, I miss Italian, so I can't really judge them. Um, that's that'd be a little mean. Um, but the H seems a little like it's not doing a whole lot of work there. Um, but again, the lazy H. Yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, Italians do their own thing. They do that. Yeah. I mean, we, we really can't complain. They've, from a food culture standpoint, really fantastic. So. We'll hold our tongue on on maybe a lazy H being thrown thrown into some words here or there, and just just take that. Yeah. So tell me about some good uh, Italian sides or or appetizers, because I feel like that is a cuisine that has like a lot of really good main dishes. Like, sure they have breads, and I guess you could consider bread like a side or an appetizer. But like from a, a side or an appetizer standpoint, I feel like their game is not strong. Big Gar- salad culture. Big I, salad culture. And I would say garlic bread is God's gift to man. What about, I mean, they have like a whole category, right? Antipasto. Yeah, that's true. So it's sure. meats. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I, I'm going to be real well, with you. Like, cheese it, and olives too. Yeah, cheese, cheese, olives, cured meats. Uh, I mean, it, it's not got a lot of veggies thrown in there. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I think it's pretty darn good. 
Uh, but I'm with you. That's that's a special occasion stuff, right? Like if you're just eating cured meats all the time, you're probably gonna die that die, die 35 of a heart attack. But they can have it pretty often, but not a lot of it. I mean, the, the, the curse of Italian is that the, the primary dishes are so good, you can almost just serve those as side dishes. It just you get an, an, enough of an array of primary dishes, people are going to be eating those as if they're side dishes and just little bits as they go. Yeah, like family um, style Italian serving. And I was going to say, like, I feel like Southern Italian really has like some good side dish and, and appetizer game. It's just like nowhere near as common. Yeah, but Southern Italian is, I mean, like, are, are we talking about eat, like, like going down to like, um, like seafood? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Naples based. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like yeah Naples base is, is I mean, Naples is such a stopover from 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 various peoples over over time, right? I mean, ranging from from sort of traditional Romans, we've got we've got the freaking Vikings, we've got the northern northern uh, Africans, Greeks. A lot of Greek influence, yeah. Um, that place has just been you know colonized quite quite consistently. So I imagine they they've got a a diverse palate as opposed to yeah. inland Italy. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm looking up now. I mean, yeah. Not super strong, but like I don't know, man. Like, give me like a an appetizer of some anchovies. I I, I can deal with that. Fuck yeah, good some good olive oil on it. Yeah, some bread. It, it, it is notable in favor of your point, BJ. That when I just googled Italian side dishes, I get four pictures: uh, two salads, garlic bread, and what appears to just be a wheel of cheese staring at me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a big salad culture. Northern, yeah, Northern Italy, big salad culture. I think. Uh, uh, I think Olive Garden uh, may have may have had some good search engine optimization there. Real talk, I'd like some Olive Garden sometime. I haven't had Olive Garden in like ten years. Olive Garden's great, just as long as you go in there fully understanding what you're getting. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm you're not down. going to an Italian restaurant. You're so going. You're going to Olive Garden. Like a stone. Give me some sausage soup. Yeah, bread. Um, I, I will say that. I mean, it's also Spanish, but grilled octopus is probably one of my favorite appetizers from that like Mediterranean area. It is good as shit. Mm. Oh, sign that like whoa! Mm. It's it, it's incredible. Like a good grilled one, like it it does not have any of the connotations you you would associate with octopus, right? Um, it doesn't yeah. have any, any sliminess to it. I mean, obviously it has a little bit of salt there, but that's just you're eating eating, you're eating something food. from the like from the sea, yeah. like what mm-hmm. well cleaned, well rubbed down. Yeah. Cooked and then then just lightly cooked don't fucking don't give me don't don't rubberize it yeah yeah oh yeah that is delicious I, uh, so i i think that there's an interesting uh like two sides of the coin to appetizers like that and sort of really depending on where uh places are situated and the cuisine it's like the two ends of the spectrum i think are really great either you know as we were saying for the octopus like you know, clean it up, like lightly salted, maybe, you know, a little bit of a, of a rub and then lightly grilled or like a lot further on the other side, like a lot of um, Korean banchan, like the side dishes that are like pickles and cured things, things that have taken forever. But they're, and so like, those are the two like really good ends of, of uh, side dishes. And I think I would say that that Southern food like really has that. Like there's sort of like the things that are cooked for forever, like uh, collard greens and and even mac and cheese, like it's cooked and baked. And and then there's like hush puppies. Oh man, I love hush puppies. And like, they're just like a quick fry on batter. And like, you know, if you don't eat them within like the first like minute and a half that they hit your table. They lose an edge. Yeah, at at minimum. Dip them in sauce after that. Yeah, they they drop off a bit. But I mean, you you can you, you can recitate them. Um, but the broader point is that all of those are complicated, right? Like, I mean, to to yeah, like 
you're not gonna, you're not gonna make hush puppies on a Thursday night, right? Like you're not gonna. <laughs> Not gonna throw in a bunch, bunch of cooking oil in, into a, a cast iron pan, and like yeah, fry, deep fry them. But like, it, there's a lot of investment that goes on to making these foods, um, whether Unless it's cooking for a long people, time. One of those people that keeps the little deep fryer, the little yeah, uh, deep fryer, like have a deep fryer with like a basket yeah. that drops in. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. These, these are the categories of foods that you put together in the morning, start cooking then, and then in the evening, sometime you eat. Yeah, um, I will say so I'll, to that point and. Uh, Terry, like we had, we had a very interesting uh, meal time or meal times yesterday because we uh, we started off the day with uh, soft shell crabs, um, yeah. which was a a very kind kind gift from from your time at at the uh, shore, and those are just like things like that that have like a small season need to be super fresh or just so much fun. Yeah, yeah, and then the, the like I've had. Soft shell crab at really nice restaurants where they have gone through extensive preparations. I've never had it that I liked it better than fresh, quick pan fry. Eat yep. immediately. That's yeah. just the best way to have it. Like I've, I've never had a better better was, preparation. What what other preparations have you had? Because like pretty much the only times that I've had it mm-hmm. are there's this uh, prime rib restaurant basically in Baltimore called the Prime Rib, and they just had soft shell crabs that were fried and and cut in half and like that's how they served it so the other preparations i've had is i've had it sauteed with like chilies in a chili sauce not fried really because it's not breaded but like just sauteed in oil with chili sauce i've also had it cold where it's almost like a ceviche presentation where they've they've um let it Hmm. let it sit in in citric acid and and then they served it raw but i mean it's cooked yeah um neither one of those were close to as good as just a quick pan fry if they're fresh and eat immediately gotcha so how much do you guys like do you guys cook during like during this lockdown time and like you know has has the cooking that you've done become more elaborate or or less i'd say less just because i'm less inclined to go out to get individual ingredients for things so i'm much more likely to just do a massive pile of something and then eat that for a few days in just terms of just large bulk cooking than I'm to make like individual special specialty dishes just because that requires more legwork and going out there in the world. And that doesn't sound as fun anymore. So Very I'm one of the good point. still goes to the grocery store a lot. I probably go to the grocery store five days a week. Uh, I mean, I, you know, wear my mask and, you know, put on my hand sanitizer and all that, but I just have to get out of the house. Um, so I still cook a lot, but I've, I've noticed that I do a lot more cooking of things that take a long time because mm-hmm. I'm going to be here all day. So like yesterday I made asapuco, like, and it took like five hours, but Ooh. like, why not? Like I'm just around. Um, so I do a lot more like slow cooking, I think than, than I normally would. Yeah. It's weird. I'd actually say I'm doing a lot less slow cooking than I was previously, both because it usually requires more specialty ingredients than I have, but also because because I'm working from home, it seems like my job is expecting me to work longer hours than I used to because I don't have like that transition of leaving or going back. So I almost feel like I've got less time to cook. I got to talk to your company owner. Can you give me a give me a phone number? I need <laughs> no, to do, call that because that is not what work from home is. That is complete bullshit. It is not supposed to be you work more. Yeah. Would, would, would you like CEO, CFO? Is there one in particular you'd like to talk to? It's a panel of owners. I need, yeah, I need we'll the tippy top, do. Spencer. I'm going to give him a quick call here. Okay. Uh, Maybe I'll patch him into the call. We can all talk to him because this is really <laughs> He's a very nice man. He might actually take your call. I know exactly what you're talking about though. And that, that phenomenon really does make me angry. Like when you people either work from home because of 
a pandemic or a family issue or something where they have to work from home, or if the company's asking you for work from home, you should not assume that they work more hours. That's that's silly. So yeah. I, I would say, Terry, you have a valid um, concern. I would also say in a principally general public and, and, and business to business sale oriented culture during a pandemic, which is functionally a recession, like you have to work more because we're trying to, to keep up, right? We're trying to make sure our year over year, even a, uh, doesn't drop too much, right? There's, there's, there's like this, this focus of keeping up business um, you're working, for a lot of companies. But the point for working more then is because bad economy, trying to keep up, trying to keep, yes. safe, that's the yes. reason, not the reason. The reason shouldn't be just because you're at home. I mean, I don't want to speak for you since it does sound in, in the vein of, Got to got to keep up with the you know the bad economy, and it's not the worst thing in the world because you're already at home. So isn't that not so bad um, as opposed to in the office? Those are definitely motivating factors. And then there's both the informal reasons and the formal reasons. The formal reasons are business is rough, business is down, everybody needs to be chipping in a few extra hours so we can make up the gap. The informal reasons are also practically when everyone's working from home, there's a lot less discipline or a lot less re regularity about what hours they're working. There's a lot of people that like take off two hours for lunch. And so then they work seven, day, seven to nine or seven to eight, or a lot of people who don't want to wake up at you know, 10 uh, nine o'clock in the morning and so start their day at like 11. And so <laughs> I see a lot of, a lot more people that are just honest to God, just working normally at like 1130 because that's kind of become their new norm. And that level of variety leads kind of everybody that working around them to work the same or weirder kind of hours, even if they didn't start or end at the same points. Yeah. So there's both, you know, instructions from on high and also just everyone's schedule is wonked and everybody else is playing kind of adjustment or catch up. So See, I things. thought Spencer, I thought my initial reaction why it was so intense because I thought that they were legitimately telling him, well, you guys are uh, home. You can just work more. Well, this is, this is the, the additional factor that I can talk about because it actually made above the law and public press of where I think I told you, Levi, you had the same thing of where there was a, it was a pay cut period of when mm -hmm. due to worries about future finances and future incoming, they cut everybody's pay for a set period. Mine ultimately was a deferment. They paid us back, but it was interesting how they ultimately originally presented. They were going to do so of where, okay, we're going to start paying people back these deferred incomes for people that make something like 25% above what their actual annual goal is, they'll get their payments back first. They'll get their withhold their withheld earnings back first. So they created an incentive program for people that were working like a fourth again more hours or were you know hammering getting the, the returns in far above what was their annual goal. They'd actually get the money that the, the, the firm was holding that, that the firm owed them. And so that did create a lot of pressure on people that, okay, if you work obscene hours right now, you'll get paid what we owe you. If you don't, you will get paid that just maybe four or five months from now. And that's, that's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> well, hence why they got national articles about it to people going. So uh, you're, you're holding money that is theirs, that you technically contractually don't have a right to even hold from them. You just did it at a business necessity. And now you're saying that you want them to work significantly more than what they're actually contractually required to do to get that money back in any timely you know, frame. But that was the plan for a while until national press kind of called them out on it. So That's I do want to go go back quickly. Spencer, I like that you were trying to decide what hour uh, people would balk at starting their workday and couldn't land on one <laughs> between 10 and 9. Uh, That's very Spencer of you. Um, but uh, going back a little bit further to the food thing, um, it, for a while you were doing uh, crockpot stuff 
And I wonder if that's, you know, since you're at home, like there's no real reason to like prep a crock pot of soup or whatever that's going to cook throughout the day because you're at home. So there isn't that like incentive to have that type of slow cook thing. I'd say most of the day for us, we just kind of graze. We've got little side things that we just eat to, f to fill the day rather than having any set kind of meals. And then we will start making something formal whenever we stop working, which if it's a three hour prep, we just then eat at like nine or 10 o'clock at night. There's really not for us a let's start cooking at an earlier hour so we can then eat at a reasonable hour. That's just not how we do it. So and particularly not during pandemic. BJ, you brought it up. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on a little rant. 15% of the reason why we don't uh, cook as much as we as you may at home um, or, or or things make things that can be as delicious as possible is because when we moved up to, to the Boston area, we trimmed a lot of stuff, got rid of a lot of stuff. I had, I had this crock pot that I'd had for years. It had been my family. It was like maybe 20 years old. So we decided to get rid of it. The cream colored, gorgeous yeah. with flowers. And it was fantastic. That's a workhorse. Did its job. Mm -hmm. um, we replaced it with an Instant Pot. And you know what? Instant Pots suck. At being, at being a slow cooker. They, they suck, they suck, they suck. They burn at the bottom um, and it's ridiculous. Um, so too fast. They, they have too high heat, right? Yeah. It, they, it, well, and also there's not like, there's not that traditional, like traditional crock potty enamel. It, this shit is not going to burn unless mm -hmm. you've got, unless you're doing crazy things yeah. um, sort of set up there. It's just, it's a lot, you need a lot more uh, effort to, to, to go into there and it just doesn't work as well. Um, and you just reminded me that we just need to buy like an actual crock pot, an actual crock pot, because those, because those are amazing. Um, they make absolutely yeah. delicious foods. Um, um, and it just is so much better, right? It's like getting a dedicated rice cooker. You say, this is so much easier, right? Um, oh, man. we don't cook that much rice, so it doesn't warrant getting one of those, but if we did, Mm -hmm. They're just so much easier uh, using that specific, uh, uh, very, very narrow scoped tool. I just want to quickly mention, so has it been uh, since you moved up to Boston that, you, that you've had oatmeal? Uh, I've not cooked a big batch of oatmeal in, in that damn Instapot. That's, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's going to burn. Um, but one of my uh, semi-recent uh, purchases was a more expensive rice cooker. And the difference is more than I expected for, for even like this, I'm not talking about like a two, $300, like Zojirushi. I'm talking about like a, you know, sort of quite a bit less expensive, uh, version from like Costco. And like, it does a really good job cause it seems from the top. And like, I, I already like rice. It's already, you know, something that I enjoy. And I, I, I was, you know, reasonably happy with how, you know, the really cheap rice makers, uh, you know, turn out rice and, and it's fine. But like, that that step up like it, it was it's a surprising amount for not that much of a step up in the price of the the rice maker spencer uh if i i put a gun to your head and said i'm gonna murder you unless you name a brand of a of a rice cooker what are the chances you'd be able to give, give an answer like dj who rattled off a the the ultra top of the line premium I, model of rice cooker <laughs> i own a rice cooker and i couldn't even think of the brand of it is right now i was literally thinking someone was gonna ask me that here in a second like nope no clear i was gonna <laughs> develop an excuse to go sneak off and check hoping I had time to get that information. <laughs> I mean, I think the other side is like, even if you put a gun to his head now, he wouldn't recall what I said when I said rice. No, it was no. a blur. I heard, I heard static noise. I, I'm happy to go look and see which one I own, but I, I'm actually, I was actually going to speak in defense of them. That they, it is a great idea. I had never had one growing up and then Bridget had one when we got together and it has just made rice so much more fun to have with all kinds of meals. Yeah, for sure. What about, I mean, things BJ likes, rice cookers is obviously like 
a, a really top top contender, right? That's that's one of the first ones you go with. And 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 BJ, mm. you really mm. really stepped into that. Right. And but I think that the other side of it is if I had asked you like what rice cooker I had and have had for like and what I've bought, like the I think that that I've had like ten, fifteen dollar rice cookers for like the past decade would have been a surprise. No. Rice You're, cookers okay. are also good to look good to uh steam dumpling if you've ever used them for steam mm. dumplings. Mm. Yeah, work really well. A little bit of water in the bottom, and most of them have a little plastic piece that goes on the top where you put your dumplings in. Perfect every time. Although right now I am am looking up slow cookers, and I don't know. I don't trust any of these things. They don't have like that. You just that, need that, one from like the eighties. Yeah, I yeah. need one in the eighties that has like, like a five pound uh, enamel pot that goes inside there. That's exactly what we yeah. have. Um, yep. That's exactly what we got. Um, you need to go to like yard sales, and somebody's going to be selling one for like five <sighs> bucks. Just come to Florida. be a little darker and say estate sales. People have died of COVID. Like, right. <laughs> this is what I was gonna say. Come to Florida, wander through old people's homes, and them selling their estate. You'll find a dozen. It'll be great. Oh, that that was one thing that was like surprising amount. Like it was semi weird, but also kind of fun. The the area in San Diego that I was in, where the houses were, there were like it was a lot older people that had hilarious amounts of money. So. One of them had like a full recording studio in it. Um, and that, that was where I picked up the uh, Rick Astley LP. Um, the dude, like the, the people there had like a collection of like 20, 30 watches uh, that they were selling and just like other insane stuff like that. And it was, it was a fascinating thing to do on like a random Sunday morning. Sounds really fun. And now I, I, I you guys are just, you've carved off an hour of my day today um, where I'm going to have to research slow cookers and see whether I can, I can actually buy from a, you know, an updated version that does have the features that I want. Cause I don't, I don't trust these, these flimsier ones, Hamilton beach. I don't trust you. You could go to a crate and barrel or something like that and get, you know, the $300. Uh... Well, I am going to like just sanity check to see whether this is even like legit, even possible. I'm going to like kick the tires with like the crate and barrels of the world and see like, okay, let's say I spend an absurd amount of money. Is yeah. that even possible, or do I really have to focus on estate sales and be able to find one of the lower <laughs> ones? Because I, I'm okay with the answer being no, um, and I got to do the estate sale route because, like, I, I just remember with such fondness that that slow cooker, right? It was it was it was a workhorse. Yeah. Didn't have didn't have a lot of features. No auto off. It just off, low, high. Um, let let it go. Yeah, it, it did a shop. They are definitely out there. Whether you can find an updated model or not, you know that they exist in the world and can be found. Just I mean, honestly, I think you should just be making friends in your building, and you got to wait like two months. <laughs> well, the problem is, is you can't like just like like buddy up to someone who you may infect with COVID and kill. So, thank you. <laughs> here's a question: In terms of people, how many people in your building do you know well enough that you could just feel comfortable calling them up randomly to ask, "Hey, can I borrow your slow cooker?" <laughs> <laughs> Did you expect the answer to be zero or less than zero? Um, you might know. You might know some through Sam. If we're including my partner's contacts, um, one, two, uh, I'm three, still, four. I still want someone ask the ones that you would feel comfortable calling, not just ones that you can ask Me, Sam to call for you. Two, two. Yeah. Okay. So you, you have you have a collection that you can ask for slow cookers. Yeah, but like one of them, I don't envision having a, a slow cooker. I mean, I could ask, but I don't. I don't think so. Um, there's a, there's a family who lives down the hall. Who's got to get a little kid and little kids always out in the hallways, hallway playing. Mm -hmm. Um, 
little little Nicolas. Um, they're 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 Greek, and so like it's it's so it's so hilarious to walk out in the hallway. Uh, he Nicholas is playing, and I'm like Nicholas, how are you? And he always looks a little surprised of who is this person and why do they know who I am? I'm doing I'm doing well, and he just like runs around and kicks kicks his little ball. <laughs> um, but no, it's it's I, I got a couple, but I don't know. I don't trust that people people in the north know what slow cooking is. No, I mean, I, I was bringing it up, but I rely entirely on the fact that Bridget knows all of our neighbors on a first name basis, knows all of their numbers. So I never call our neighbors. I just rely on Bridget to be able to call them, Ooh, ask them for things. You did say phone phone. I I don't have phones. Spencer, of, do you have a landline? In the building. What was that, BJ? Do you have a landline? No, that's just an invitation from telemarketing nowadays. Oh, I, I, I assume the answer was absolutely going to be yes. Um, you actually get a little bit of a discount uh, if, you, if you bundle all, all together. And, and so no, he's got a, he's got they, they offered me a discount to have a landline. I was still like, I don't want one. I, don't want, want one. I do not want a landline in my house anymore. Thank you. Well, you could if, if that's the case, you could have just got signed up for it, but never plugged the phone in. Nah, I didn't even want to go through the hassle of coming into my house to install things. Fair. The house didn't. I don't think the house had a built-in landline already, so they'd probably have to let, to you know do some form of connection to do it. That's insane. First of all, and second of all, I feel like we found the only place where the Venn diagram of Spencer being cheap and old-fashioned do not overlap. I'm actually willing to. I'm my desire to avoid annoyance. I accept that involves yeah. a certain amount of cost. Yeah, I was about to say, because this does broach into old man territory, but it's just it from a different angle. It's don't yes. bother me, old man. I'm yeah. willing to pay a lot of money for people not to bother me in various ways. Spencer, when are you yeah. getting a new phone? Uh, well, you know, just in the time we've been talking, it's only lost 20% charge. So that's not bad. The reason why I asked is because... I had to get a new phone. It's... It's become apparent that both Sam and I need to get a, a new phone. Sam more than more than I, because her phone is like it's acting a little bit a little bit silly, right? So like if you FaceTime it, um, sometimes like twenty percent of the time it just like goes into a freeze loop and then crashes. Um, okay, well, the, the, mine does not have in the functionality concern with mine is that the battery doesn't last as long. That's the main problem with mine. With that exception, which I know is a pretty big exception, everything else works fine. I've not had any crash issues, and I've had any other problems. So I'm still in the mindset that it still runs for like an hour and a half of just uninterrupted, you know, internet use. And I don't, so as, as a phone, as a, you know, occasional inter- internet device, it still works fine. But it did, it, our talk the other day did leave me to actually ask my mom how many phones I've owned because I could not remember. Um, and yeah, the answer to that question was apparently between four and six. She couldn't remember precisely. She thought it was probably four. Yeah, I'm leaning more towards four. You had that flip phone and then you went to like, Two iPhone. What we couldn't remember is how many like the Nokia bricks I had before I got the flip phone. I think I just had one, and I think I got the flip phone for when I met you guys in college, and then I think I've had two iPhones. But we we were just debating how many Nokia bricks and how many iPhones. Yeah, I think I had two Nokia bricks. I remember having like the original like blue, like really old fashioned Nokia. I think I had one after that, and then got into like all sorts of like candy bar phones before uh before going to a smartphone that took quite a while okay sounds like we're ready to wrap up our conversation of the the food that we shared yep the food and the uh the phones that spencer's never gonna get it will happen probably (laughs) if i was gonna bet sometime within the next year wow great surprisingly soon all right guys yeah well this was fun thanks everybody